Welcome to the Come Join the High Life Podcast, home of the hustlers, the innovators, the gifted, and the honorable, where we stay high on love, high on impact, high on faith, and high on energy. So if that sounds like you or what you represent, you're definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Come Join the High Life Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Come Join the High Life Podcast. I am Mr. High Life Films. And I am Tramika Hawkins. How y'all doing? What's going on, everybody? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? We in this thing. Yes. How you feeling? How you doing, Mr. Highlight? Oh, man, I can't complain. You know, if I did, wouldn't nobody pay me no attention in the ways. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's been a good week. Um, been doing, been getting a couple leads in for our real estate business and, you know, actually, you know, pushing the button, pushing the pushing the pace a little bit more going into the the the, uh, the final chapter of this year, 2023, you know? Yeah, more urgency, more urgency. Yes. Intentionally, intentionally. 100%. I <laughs> mean, about yourself? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. And I'm excited about today's episode as well, because, you know, we are expanding in our real estate business and we have the perfect person with us today on today's show, um, I mean, he's a loan officer, certified mortgage planner. We actually work out uh, with this gentleman. And when I tell you, uh, we go to the same gym and he be in there talking about he uh, trying to keep up with us, but we be trying to keep up with him. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited for him to be on the show. I mean, he has years of experience, you know, within this industry. And um, I'm excited just to really talk about it. How you doing, Mr. Willie Smith? <laughs> I'm doing great. And um, I'm, I'm really excited about this opportunity. You know, um, I've been blessed to be in this business over two and a half decades now. Uh, through God's grace, um, been up, ups, downs, market cycles, all that good stuff. But the opportunity to get uh, with some good folks like you guys that are really trying to bring the information, be able to really, really, you know, give straight talk to these folks about what banking and lending looks like and what they need to do to move in this space. Um, I'm excited to share. Yes, absolutely. And we're excited for you to be on the show as well. So yes. please, I mean, tell us how you got into the industry. Tell us, you know, what you do and how you help our community. Yeah. So, you know, I had no intentions of banking ever. You know, um, you know, my, my mother makes the joke now. I, math, I hated math growing up. Um, and so did my brother next to me. And now I'm a banker and he's a CPA. You know, so she tell that joke every time she, you know, gets an opportunity. But, you know, I was blessed to go to college um, and I went to college as a, I went to college to play football. You know, my dream was to be in the league for 15 years, you know, um, and um, I was able to live that dream for about two seasons. And then after that, um, what college you know, you to? Um, I went to Penn State. Um, oh and I, I played four years of football there. Um, and I was blessed to play with the lions for a couple of years. And I played overseas with, uh, the world league of American football, Barcelona. That was years ago. That, that, that league isn't in existence anymore. But, um, once those, uh, dreams were over, you know, I found myself interviewing for a job with the bank, um, and really had no intentions of getting into mortgage banking or anything it just kind of, you know, ended up happening that way. So now I look up and, you know, 25 years later, almost, I'm still blessed to be in this space. And really just, it's just a blessing to be able to help folks, you know, realize that dream of home ownership, be able to know that they can build wealth and legacy through that acquisition of real estate. And then also educating those that have been traditionally undereducated or underserved with this process. So it's just a blessing for me to be in this position. Yeah, 100%. Sure. And man, that that is just amazing. And I have You ain't tell me that. You ain't tell me that, man. He, <laughs> well, he, he, he held him back. He, he played for the Lions. Okay, okay so straight talk. So the straight talk is, one, y'all, you know, we're knowing each other, you know, a little bit more as of late, especially with us working out. But I really am a very introverted person. You know, um, for those that know me, I can, you know, be a little silly and stuff, but I'm I'm a little bit, you know, to myself. 
Um, and, and, you know, that background is something that I experienced years and years ago. Um, and, you know, just a lot of times I don't lead with that, you know, mm -hmm. you just want folks to, you know, kind of go with you based off of, you know, who you are, what you stand for, your work ethic, those things, not, you know, I like him because he played football or sometimes it works against you. Well, he's an idiot because he played football, you know, so mm -hmm. it can go both ways. Right. Yeah. So I'd rather just meet folks and just come together with, you know, just where, you know, you know, where I am right now. And right now I'm a, you know, a man of faith. I'm a, hu a husband. I've been dating my wife since the 11th grade. I have three mm -hmm. sons, you know, 28, 23 and 15. Um, and, and, and I lend money and I help people, you know, build wealth and legacy through real estate. So that's who I am. Um, right. But, you know, it's a couple little things in my background so that, you I, know, we could chop it up about. <laughs> I have to ask, I have to ask because, uh -huh. you know, you uh, primarily, you know, being an athlete and then mm -hmm. going to college for four years. And a lot mm -hmm. of the times when people go to college, being an athlete, we yeah. don't necessarily know what we want to major in. Yeah. We don't yeah. know, you know, what life path uh, we're, we're heading towards. We just want right. to play ball. That's right. We get drafted. So that's right. You know, for the people that um, is in this situation, I mean, what type right. of advice uh, would you have for them? Well, what I would say first is, hey, live the dream. You have to if you want to get to that level, you want to get to the top of whatever, you know, it doesn't have NFL, NBA, CEO, you know, Nobel Beast, whatever the top of the game is, dream it, go for it. Put everything in that you need to try to accomplish that dream. But on the flip side, have a plan B, you know, and I was lucky in this regard. I was raised by a single mother, four kids. My mother was a librarian and she refused to let me be defined or confined by our particular situation. Mm -hmm. It was always you're going to go to college. Like, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, my mom was so gangster with it. And, you know, I was blessed that I was a I was a decent ball player. Like, I had some opportunities to go to some very, very good programs. Just let what me say that. You play? Um, I played outside linebacker. Ooh. So, back then, you still had the coaches would do home visits. So, we talking about these these – Head coaches, you know, Bobby Bowden, Lou Holtz, Joe Paterno, you know, Pat Dye, all of these, like, names. I'm telling y'all how old I am now, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and my mother, the only thing she wanted to know was, hey, he need to graduate. All that that y'all talking about, ABC, NBC, NFL, he needs to graduate. And she held them accountable. And that's mm -hmm. one thing that I would say about Penn State. We played, and we played at a high level. We were expected to win. But guess what? Hey, man, you got to go to class. Because what they taught us was, hey, the majority of y'all won't be in the league, or you'll have very short careers in the league, but it's all about you being productive. Are you going to be a husband? Are you going to be a positive member of the community? Are you going to be a good father? And those were the things that were planted in us and the football just you know was kind of you know the the the, the icing on the cake mm -hmm. but being a mm -hmm. good man and a good member of society was the main thing that we that we learned when i was in college and i was shout very blessed for that shout out to your mama though yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh yeah oh yeah black oh, for real. yeah yeah she don't play yeah you know what i mean yeah. just to, to have that that stability no matter yeah. what your circumstances are no matter That's how right. much money y'all got that's just right. to have a strong black woman in your corner you know, that's believing you. That's and right. And that just gives you more to believe in yourself. You know what I mean? That's so right. I, shout out to your mama. That's what yes, I'm yes. yes. <laughs> and and, and she motivated, even right now, I tell the whole the story about when she bought that first house. And, and I tell this right now, it was God's grace because the numbers didn't work. The debt to mm -hmm. income ratio did not work. That wow. was nothing but God, but got her in that house years ago. Um, even right down to my grandmother ended up having to co-sign for her. Mm. And I remember the feeling that I had when we moved into that house and I had my own bedroom. 
and my mom hooked up that kitchen. She had baby blue clab cabinets. She, you know, made that house our own, and she raised four of us in that house, and she mm. paid it off, and she lives there right now, mm. and 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 it's just it's just a wonderful testament to what we can do when we get the opportunity. Um, so um, it's it's just it's my mother really did her thing. So mm. I must ask, when did the switch happen mm -hmm. uh, in regards to, you know, you getting into the mortgage uh, industry, right. real estate um, industry? Well, you know, so when I first started, I was in a traditional bank and I would and I and I got into the management training program uh, with back then it was Nations Bank that eventually became Bank of America. So when I started in the retail bank, um, you know, I was on the traditional banking side, you know, opening up checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, car loans, credit cards, you know, and then whenever a mortgage came in, we had to refer it to someone else. But I found myself really being attracted to the lending part of it and less about, you know, the 80 year old lady who comes in and wonder why her checkbook is off by five cents. Like nobody even knows now what balancing a checkbook means. Nobody even knows what that is. But back then, you know, years ago, you know, folks used to balance their checkbook each month. And the last straw was really, you know, a, 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 young, a, a lady came in there and she must have been in my office for an hour and a half, two hours, worth going through all of her transactions to find where we were off. Because, of course, the bank was stealing her money, right? So um, I think that next week I applied to the mortgage corp and did not know what I was getting into. Had no idea, right even down to, my wife didn't even understand that I was going to 100% commission. So I went from a salary banking center manager to a commissioned loan officer, and I really didn't know what I was getting into. And so when I tell you God's grace, it was God's grace. Boy, that sounds like a risk taker to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I can look back now and say, oh, yeah, I was just taking a risk, strategic move. Back then, um, I probably could have did a better job of vetting it, but then I may have not have made the move. So that's why I say it was just God's grace because, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, young, me and my wife were young. My first son was already born. Going to 100% commission, if I would have known or, or really accounted for it the way I should have, mm. I may not be here right now. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy that you say yeah. that. We were just we have a, a book club, Higher Learning Highlight Book Club, and we were just reading a book by Eric Thomas, U O U, and he talked about you know leaving his hometown and that's going right. to a new place, and that's right. You know he had a good job, he had he was speaking gigs, and everything was yep. going good for him, and he just picked it up and left. And yep. how his wife was, he had just had his first child and it was a little scary moment for him, but yeah. he knew that it was something better out there for him. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you knew that, that that when you when you believe in yourself, it's mm -hmm. like, ain't nothing you can put in front of me that I can't do. That's right. And, you know, that's and right. I feel like that's what you were feeling, you know, that the young Willie, I think you yeah. were feeling like, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. what, you know, yeah. what I do, I'm another yeah. thing out of the park, you know. Yeah. You're, you're a real humble guy. I, what I've noticed from the time we've been, we've known each other is that you're super humble and that that kind of like it's an example for me. You probably don't right. even know this, but the way you carry yourself, the way you, you know, you come in there, you say you're an introvert, but we have so many good conversations. I see how you <laughs> yeah. interact yeah. with everyone else that's in the gym. Yeah. And I take that as a lesson for me um, yeah. moving forward. And even like learning your story. I come from a football. I went to college, too, and played football outside that's linebacker. Oh, that's like, what's oh, up. You ain't, you ain't tell me, bro. You <laughs> But, yeah. um, you know, I really appreciate you, man. Yeah. And you draw so many nuggets to us. We were like, it's, it's, it would be selfish of us to not share you with our friends. And you know what I'm wow. saying? Because you have a yeah. wealth of knowledge. You got an amazing you. story and all that. But I got a question for you. So okay. how important is it to you for you to help your community? Man, it, it's, it's big because, you know, with me being a person of faith and not perfect, let me throw that out there, but a person of faith and just being grow, just growing up in the church, having a local community is, I, I mean, I can't even put it in words. I tell folks all the time, I owe it 
It's not, it's not that I'm doing something. I owe it, right? I, I always was lucky and blessed enough to have that teacher to say, hey, don't deal with that group. No, you don't need to sit at that table. Hey, I'll call your mama. I know who your mama, you know, is. Or my mom saying, hey, listen, we about to go up out and do this. Yeah, you're going to be on the usher board. Yeah, you're going to go cut this old lady grass because her mama done died. You know, we're going to go. So it was kind of like it, it, was, it, was, it was put in me. And, I, and when I look at my life and see how blessed I am, I, I cannot, I will not, I will not take opportunities to be able to help folks because we need the information. We truly, truly, truly need the information. And I feel like God has put me in a position to be able to help folks sometimes do things that they didn't even think that they could do, right? Sometimes you help them realize things that they didn't even think were possible. And I just mm -hmm. feel so lucky to be in this position um, because in, in, in everything that I do, I just feel like I owe it back. I really, really sincerely feel that I owe it back. That's serving, man. That's why you're so blessed because you serve. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I got a question for you. I'm going uh -huh. to be a little step. Uh, I got to, uh, I wanted to know, I need some strategies and some tips and some okay. tricks and some, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> the little, little woolly song. Okay. So give me a, a strategy for, let's say we have a couple, they're thinking about getting married. Well, they know they're going to get married, mm -hmm. but they're also they're investors, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to be, they want to invest into mostly families. Mm -hmm. What would be a strategy you would propose for them to do um, to take full advantage of like the first time homeowners or whatever loans Great. are out right now before they get married? I am a big, I am a big, big component of income producing properties, especially when you have like right now when we have, we're, we're here in Florida, but this, this podcast is probably going all over, all over prayerfully. Right now, we have one of the best first-time homebuyer programs in the United States. I mean, it's good, right? And going in, especially if you're not married yet, you know, one thing that you could potentially do, if you guys are living separately, both of you can take advantage of the first-time homebuyer program individually. So the one person can go buy fourplex, live in one unit, rent out the other three. The other person can go live in a buy fourplex, live in one unit, rent out the other three. And then when you guys get married, move out, move in together. And now both of you have an investment property, at, you know, eight units. And with the first time homebuyer program is giving you down payment assistance money, or in many cases, giving you enough money to cover the down payment, you know, depending on what market cycle you're in, you may be able to get seller contribution for closing costs. You can get in there with very little out of your pocket and be able to start your journey to investing in real estate. Now, the one thing that I will tell clients to make sure that they understand is because there's so much information that's out there. It's a lot. Whether TikTok, YouTube, podcast, this, that, and the other, there's a lot of information that's out there. But understand this. Don't try to be smarter than the bank, mm. right? <laughs> because we have checks and balances and things and ways that we're going to look at it. And if you're going to be a great investor, you have to understand your part and you have to understand the bank. And it has to be a win-win situation. Lending money has been the, day, the same since the days of Babylon. We're going to get our money. Now, it's never going to be a situation where you win and we lose. Best case scenario, we win and you win too. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be a situation where you win and the bank loses. So I say that is go in understanding if you're going to buy a four unit building and get zero down or a very long down payment or a very low down payment, you have to own or occupy one of the units. You have to live there because if you don't live there, it's considered an investment property, right? A lot of times folks long? say, well, that's the next, that's a great question. There is no set number with it. It goes by what your intent is. So when you go to buy that investment property or income producing property, see, if you're going to live in it, it's not considered an investment property. It's considered an income producing property. So you have to be very careful with that word, because when you say investment property, 
that implies that you don't live there. The bank has three classifications. Owner-occupied, second home, and investment property. That's it. So if it's an investment property, that implies that you don't live there. It's an investment. If it's a second home, it implies that you live there some of the time. Primary residence means you there all the time. So if you're buying an income-producing property as your primary residence, you have to be living there. And since you're living there, the bank is going to give you a smaller down payment requirement because we feel if it hits the fan, you're going to need to do you're going to do what you need to do to keep that roof over your head. Okay, okay, okay. So just so that I understand, and then the uh -huh. people that's listening to this uh pot this episode understand as well. So when you go in and you purchase a property, it's a multifamily property, and you uh, you say, hey, I'm going to live in this property, right. it's considered an income-producing property. Correct. The bank uh, also have um, second uh, your secondary home, and then you have uh -huh. your primary home. Now, right. your investment property is something that you purchase, and you have no intent Correct. on living there. But Correct. if you do have intentions on living there, it's an income-producing. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And also, also so that we're clear, if you are considering or if you do have the intent on living there, the bank will not fund you as much. Is that? Is well, that if you if your intent is to be your primary residence, mm -hmm. we're going to let you get in there with a lower down payment. OK, because it becomes a it's a so it's all about risk. So what the listeners need to know is. The bank is all about risk. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if it's your primary residence and we know that you're going to live in that as your primary residence, that's a lower risk for us. Lower risk means lower down payment. Mm. Investment property means that you're not living in there at all. So it's a higher risk. So we want a bigger down payment because think about it like this, right? If something goes down with your finances, everything is cool. You got all of these investment properties. And something happened, Lord forbid, and it go down. The first thing you're going to say is, y'all can have them investment properties. I'm keeping this roof over my head so me and my family straight, right? Fact. So the bank knows the same thing. So we saying, wait a minute. If we taking the risk on a property that's non-occupied, and if something goes down, that's going to be the first thing that you're going to let go. Okay, you're going to be less likely to get let it go if you came up with 20, 25, 30% down versus if you have zero down or a small down payment, you'll let it go. Like for instance, 2008, 2009, y'all too young for this. We was doing 100% financing investment property. We was doing 80, 20 interest only on investment properties all day long. When something went sideways, hey, y'all can have it. I ain't even put nothing into it. I'll file bankruptcy two, three years from now, I can go buy another house. Well, mm -hmm. from the bank standpoint, now we're holding all of this real estate that we don't want. So our listeners have to understand investment property, second home, primary residence is different. And it goes by what your intent is. Now, I'm specifically saying intent for a reason, because for again, right now, you buying this house, you intend on living in one of the units and renting out the other three. Nine months from now, you get proposed to. And now y'all about to get married and buy a house together. Well, now your intent changes. Where people get in trouble is, is they go and say, yes, I'm going to live there. Never take possession of the property. The, okay, this is another thing your listeners need to know. The bank will come knock on that door and see if you've taken possession of that house. Mm. And if you bought a home as a primary residence and never lived there, and it's an investment property, it's mortgage fraud. You will go to jail. Mm. So you don't play with it. Yeah, don't play. Don't don't play with it. So the occupancy piece is a very, very, very big deal. So there again, there is no set amount. And the reason there is no set amount is it could be your intent to live there. Well, what if you get a new job and you get transferred 90 days later and you didn't know anything about it? And now your intent changes. So many times the bank doesn't say you have to be in there this amount of time, that amount of time. It's your intent. And if something changes, it just needs to be logical or reasonable. Yeah, I've heard, 
I've heard some things. Um, it might be a myth I've seen on TikTok. I don't know. Uh -huh. but, um, <laughs> I've seen something where you know, like a couple will, uh, they one person gets a, a, a fourplex, the other person gets a fourplex, uh -huh. and they get married. Are they uh -huh. still eligible for that first-time homeowner as a married couple? No. So the rule with first-time homebuyer is this, and this is explained a lot of times wrong. The intent on the first-time homebuyer, and again, this isn't necessarily a banking rule. It's also how the IRS identifies what a first-time homebuyer is. Someone who has not owned a primary residence in the last three years. What mm -hmm. you hear it explained a lot is, oh, you could not have owned a home in the last three years. That's not true. So let's give an example. John and Sarah live in Norfolk, Virginia, and both of them bought fourplexes and lived in one of the units. Well, they got jobs and transferred to Jacksonville but they didn't buy a house right off the bat, right? And they say, I don't know about that Jacksonville. It's hot down there. We might not stay down there, right? So now three years later, they say, you know what? We're going to go ahead and buy a home in Jacksonville. Now, both of them still own fourplexes in Virginia, but now they've been in Jacksonville renting for three years, right? Now, since they have not owned primary residences in the last three years, they can still have those properties that are now investment properties in Virginia and still take advantage of the first-time homebuyer program. Because so they were producing properties. They wasn't primary properties. Now they're getting a primary property. Exactly. So God you me. can own real estate and still get the first-time homebuyer program as long as that real estate that you own has not been your primary residence within the last three years. And folks say it wrong all the time. And if it, it, and if time. it is your primary <laughs> residence within the last three years, then you won't qualify for- Correct. You, now you're not first considered a first time home buyer any longer. Absolutely. Okay, okay, gotcha. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad we got that uh, uh -huh. clarified that's because yes. that's I, I've actually right the opposite. Well, yeah, and it's a lot, and things happen. So here's another case that comes up a lot. Um, You know, um, again, I'm gonna say John again. John's, you know, um, had a family member that passed away and left him a piece of property, but they, he got the piece of property, he inherited, but he never lived in the property, right? So now, although he owns a piece of real estate, once he shows he's never lived in that piece of real estate that he inherited, maybe a family member stays there, maybe he made it a rental property right off the bat. Now he's still considered a first-time homebuyer because he has not owned a primary residence the last three years. It is. So it's a whole bunch of examples on how folks are still eligible for that money, but they don't get it because they hear the rule wrong. It's said all the time, you can't have owned a home in the last three years. They're missing that word. You cannot have owned a primary residence in the last three years. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, awesome. Talking about, I'm talking about right there. That's, yeah. All right, we're done. Y'all. <laughs> and another one. Here's another one, too, for you folks. People that had bumpy situations. Maybe they had a house before, had a short sale or a foreclosure. You had a foreclosure three or four years ago. You lost the house. Guess what? Now you can come back and do first time home buyer again because mm -hmm. you have not owned a primary residence within the last three years. Let's oh, go. So That's don't right. get discouraged, y'all. Do That's not right. Do not be discouraged. If you've had a foreclosure or anything like that, because you heard it for yourself, you are still eligible for the first time home buyers uh, within that, that time limit. So we know that you are in Jacksonville. Compared uh -huh. to the rest of the world, uh -huh. how do you feel about the Jacksonville market? It's on fire. It's on fire. But but Florida, period, is. But Jacksonville used to be a secret. Jacksonville isn't a secret anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, folks, everybody wanted to go to Miami. Everybody wanted to go to uh, Central Florida and see Mickey. Everybody wanted to go to Tampa and see Bush Gardens and et cetera. And Jacksonville was kind of like, you know, kind of left off of the map, so to speak. But now um, Jacksonville is, 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 is hot. You know, it's not a secret anymore. And you guys know from being in an investment world, Money is pouring into Jacksonville. You got to fight when the good deals come up. You got to be ready to roll because there's money pouring in from everywhere. And then the other thing about Florida, no state income tax. We surrounded on by water on three sides and sunshine 80% of the time. When is, when is real estate in Florida not going to be hot? 
when you have those type factors in place. So, um, but the Jacksonville, I don't even think we've even scratched the surface on Jacksonville. Mm. Jacksonville is a growth, and I'm talking about Jacksonville and surrounding areas. I guess you have to say that now mm. is lined up for mega growth, mega. Mm. So if you can do something here, you need to do it. You need to make it happen because it's, it's, it's coming. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jacksonville is definitely uh, growing right now. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, I transferred or converted from Tampa to Jacksonville because of the growth and us just doing, you know, a lot of business up here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. So uh, 100 percent. Yes. And so what advice would you give someone that's looking to be a lender? Well, you know, so it, it it's a space that you need good people in it still. Um, you need people that, you know, one, have a heart to help. Um, uh, one, folks that are very serious about helping folks with their finances. Um, and just understand that on a daily basis, you have to bring it because what you say, you know, is not as simple as a yes or a no. You know, I, I don't tell anybody no. I'm always, well, maybe not right now. Or this is what you need to do to be ready. So, you know, the lending space is as with most careers, good people needing good grounded people who are going to give solid advice, who are going to do the right thing by the client, who are going to look at the client's interest first and not necessarily the commission check and be willing to really, really pour into, you know, the communities and promoting and pushing, you know, that home ownership. It's a great career. It's a wonderful career, but you better be ready to grind. 100%. Yes. I got a question for you. How how do you feel? Okay, we got the 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 way you do business. How do you feel about hard money lenders? Well, there's a place for everybody, you know. Um I think with the hard money, you know, particularly when you're dealing with some of the properties that are a little bit out of the box, you know, where you may need to acquire the property and then get it fixed up and you know and and maybe if you're buying a trying to buy and flip so typically with me, with the hard money is more so acquisition, fix it up, fix it up, and then resell it. It's not a long-term solution, but if used properly, it could be a solid short-term solution. Now, the issue with short, uh, hard money is you also have to understand it has to be a win-win situation, right? The hard money person is taking all of the risk, you know, most of the time. So, um, you know, I've, I believe that you want to have some education around the hard money and understanding what those terms are um, and understand, you know, what happens if you don't meet those terms and being able to just surround yourself with the right sources to be able to make sure that you can get it done. Like you don't need to be taking on a hard money loan and doing a fix and flip and you don't have a strong contractor. Right. Because you're going to be in trouble. Right. Or who can help you evaluate that deal to make sure that it does make sense? Who's going to be able to advise you to make sure that you're not over improving, which you guys have seen that before. So hard money itself isn't bad, but hard money is sometimes used in the wrong way and it can end up getting you in a pickle. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. So whenever y'all use that hard money, whenever you, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So, whenever y'all using that hard money, understand that it is for short-term usage, and Absolutely. have a great contractor that way you can mm. be in and out. Mm. And right. I'm gonna call the Holy Ghost. Good contractors are not easy to find. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 I can tell you too. Like, it's not HGTV. See, people get caught up in that fix and flip on TV. And it's a problem. Then they go to commercial and then they come back and it's always all good. In real <laughs> life, you ain't going to no commercial and coming back and it's all good. At all. You got to make sure that that stuff is straight. And, and to me, if you're a new investor and you're talking about dealing with hard money, take you may take a little bit less property. I mean, excuse me, a little bit less profit, excuse me, to be able to have a team that's maybe advising you and helping you and making sure that you understand mm. and you're good to go, right? Don't just make it just all about the bottom line. Again, be smart, be fiscally re responsible, be financially savvy, but understand 
that business and that situation, dealing with contractors and dealing with comps and as renovated values and all of that stuff, going into that by yourself without guidance, it can cost you a whole lot more money than if you just got the right team together in the first place. And then as you learn and progress, then you can maybe step out there a little bit more on your own. Consider a partner or a joint venture or something where someone has something that understands. And not just your uncle who walking around and can kick and be like, oh, yeah, that shouldn't cost this and blah, blah, blah. You know, you you don't get to determine. The market determine how much something costs, not your uncle. Right. Everybody got that uncle. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So just have your team in place, you know, so that you can make it happen in that regard. Yeah, that comes from that sounds like great advice for somebody who played football all their life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I'll tell you this, it also comes from the place of having made mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I preach to my my sons, you know, and I in their defense, some of the time they listening. Sometimes I have to say, son. I already made that mistake for you. You don't have to. I can tell you about that one right there. Dad, <laughs> dad, daddy already took that one for you, right? Now, sometimes we know people, folks are going to still want to do it on them, do it themselves, and that's fine. But I'm the type, I've got to the age, man, wisdom, right? Wisdom is a big deal. Experience is a big deal. You know, I sit down and talk to a senior citizen all day because they're going to drop it and give it to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So so sometimes folks get very reluctant to lean on folks that have the wisdom. And sometimes with me, it's not that I know like it's all that. It may be I know because I've already made that mistake for you. Right. And it's better to learn from other people's mistakes Absolutely. Then to learn from your own because it just Absolutely. takes way more time. And That's right. That's right. Go ahead and you know pick someone brain that already done been through that experience. So that's right. That's right. This and just take it. Episode. Still make your decisions. Like so, I'm a real big believer of you make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Take input from everybody that you can get input from, and still make your own decision because it's that balancing act of you know. Sometimes people's opinions and what they give you is also limited to what their experience is. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's good. Sometimes it's bad. So we don't want people to put their limiting beliefs on us. But then we also don't want to totally disregard what experience is. It's somewhere in the middle that you have to meet with being able to have, you know, taking that feedback and that, you know, information from folks. But then at the same way, making sure that you're applying it to your situation and doing what makes I got a question real quick. Uh, I know we talked, you just talked about, you know, listening to your elders or going through somebody who's already had that experience. Let's talk about something that that's kind of new to everyone right now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about AI and dealing with these, oh, wow. these uh, yeah. loan mortgages and, and dealing with underwriting and dealing with right. fraud detection. Yeah. How has that affected you, your uh, industry moving forward? AI is coming. It's here, you know. Um, the one thing that the bank is constantly focusing on getting better and better at trying to do loans faster, get approvals. Right now, everything is a sprint to who can do things the fastest. The problem is you want to do it faster, but then you also have to make sure that you're writing quality loans. So the artificial intelligence is basically allowing a regular human underwriter may only be able to look at is going to be able to look at a finite number of files each day. Those are just the facts, right? When now this AI is getting so smart and is being incorporated into underwriting and making loan decisions, now that computer can consistently run and make decisions and review things. Like it's so smart now, it knows how to analyze pay stubs. It can analyze bank statements. It can do all of those things that a person used to have to look at and do. The AI can review everything and then spit out, you know, um, the results. And now um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are also already insuring the loans um, that have been underwritten by AI. So what that means is now when it's time to sell that mortgage-backed security on the back end, blah, 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 dealing with things with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac with the certifications and stuff, it's saying, yeah, 
that's good. A human didn't underwrite it. The AI program underwrote it. Yeah, we're good with that. Mm. And it's just going to get more and more robust as things, you know, come along. Mm. And I like how um, we talked about this a little earlier, how you said that there's always going to be that human, though, that got the, the AI could do, only do so much. Right. Somebody right. got to put them eyes on it as well. Yeah. It's, it's always going to be a situation where, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, we're not there where the, where the AI is completely taken over. There's always going to need, be a need for that human, especially when you're dealing with the gray areas. And there's so many gray areas with lending. There's some things that are black and white, but there's just as many things that are gray. So you still have to make common sense decisions on things that may not necessarily fall in traditional boxes as it relates to lending. But folks, the biggest thing that folks need to understand is have your stuff together when you come to the bank. Do your best to understand the process as much as you can from both sides of it, right? We'll, 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 we'll take a, a football analogy. You, the better you can play defense better, the more you know about offense and mm -hmm. vice versa. You can play offense better you know, the more you know about defense, right? So you, it's, it's fine for you to have a, a specialty and an expertise, or it's fine for you to have a perspective, but it's going to be that much stronger when you know the other side of the street or the other side of the coin is at least respected enough to get familiar with it. And then also understand you're going to understand that you need to create win-win situations. Again, like I said earlier, don't think you're going to win and the bank going to lose. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. You better win with us, but you definitely ain't winning and we lose it. <laughs> Our favorite book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's oh, yeah. Win -win. yeah. Stephen Covey, right? Yeah. Win-win yeah. 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 or no deal. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I got, I got another question for you. What are, um, other than the first-time homeowners, what are the a few other loans or other programs that they have out now that are available to investors or, or just regular people out here looking to get their first home that we could take advantage of right now? It, it's plenty of stuff. You know, still, I do a lot with VA. All of our veterans, active duty, retired, all. Hey, the VA, the VA home loan, is. we can do a whole show on VA. You know, it's so many veterans, active duty, and retired military that are not taking advantage of a benefit that they've earned. It's not even logical. Zero down, no PMI, competitive interest rates. The USDA loan for those rural areas still not being taken advantage of is zero down. Low private mortgage insurance. You know, um, it's, it's a good loan. FHA still the, the, the lower down payment requirement, the three and a half percent. Conventional has a 3% down loan, right, for owner-occupied. The debt service coverage ratio, the DSR, DSCR loans, where investors can buy properties and not have to use any of their income, just use it based off the rental income for the property. So if you have a desire to be able to purchase a home, the products are out here. It's just a matter of making sure that you're linking yourself up with the right team who's going to expose you to the right resources to get you to where you need to be. No, that's right. Well, you got our, uh, <laughs> you, you got our service. We'll be like this. Be hey, listen, uh, I done wrote down some notes, y'all. And yeah. I hope y'all are also taking notes because Mr. Willie has just been dropping just gym at the gym at the gym and letting y'all know, you know, what it is and how you can get approved for, you know, a loan or what loans to be looking for and questions that you need to be asking your right. lender as well. So um, right. I think Mr. Highlife, go ahead. I got a question about that, that USDA loan. Us living uh -huh. in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. what area should we be looking at if we want to get this USDA loan? You got to get in the sticks. So you want to be out Callahan, uh, Baker County, um, some parts of Yulee, pretty much there's not a whole lot left in Duval County, but there's pieces of Bake, Baker County, uh, uh, Nassau County, um, and the surrounding areas. It's basically outside of the city limits. But, you know, Jacksonville keeps doing this, so the city limits keeps keep getting wider and wider. But basically, you're looking for a rural area is the big piece of the puzzle um, mm -hmm. when you're dealing with, you know, with USDA. Um, 
And then the other thing too with, with folks, you know, again, I, I excited, I'm excited every time I can get people's ear. Understand this. The bank, we want to lend you the money. We want to lend everybody I talk to, I want to lend a million dollars to. Right? I get paid to lend money. The bank has no shortage of money to lend. And sometimes folks get in their head, oh, they didn't want to give me the loan. Yes, we did. I want to approve everybody. Now, let me just say that for those naysayers. I do understand. I'm not confused. Throughout history, there's been some demographics that have been underserved in the bank and treated in a way that wasn't fair, right? But I will tell you now, in this situation that we're in right now, I feel that the fair lending is as good as it's ever been since I've been in banking. There's mm -hmm. a lot of tools that are in place to keep things as fair as they possibly can be. And do not let it get in your head that we do not want to lend you money. Why would we not want to lend you the money when you're going to pay us three times that back? Mm. That's a great deal for us. But a lot of folks get it in their head. Oh, the bank didn't give you no. No, give me something to hang my hat on. Make sure that your finances are straight. Make sure that your credit is responsible. It don't need to be perfect. Responsible. Make me feel good about being able to give you the loan. Not give you the loan and got to cross my fingers and toes that you're going to pay me back. Right? Make yourself a way that you're presentable and a good risk for the bank and get it out of your head that the bank doesn't want to lend you the money because we do. We want to approve everybody, but it's up to you whether you can be approved or not. Y'all heard it, folks. Y'all heard it. The bank want to <laughs> give you money. That's right. That's right. So, as long as you're going to pay it back. As long as you're going to pay it back. That's all. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. This has been just an amazing episode. Just I told y'all. I told y'all. Yes, yes. We thank you, Mr. Willie, for coming on the Come Join the High Life podcast. And if you don't know what High Life stands for, High Life stands for hustler, innovator, gifted, and honorable. We are high on love. We're high on impact. We're high on faith. And we are high on energy. Which one of those resonates with you the most? Oh, my goodness. Um, I just like the high life. The whole thing, when you, when you told me what those things stand for, I don't like any one of them more than the other. I just like the whole concept. I like the whole concept. I'm ready for the merch. I want the link for the merch because I really, really just like with that stand because it's like a state of mind almost of, of, of you know, just the, the, the positive and the energy and all of those things. So I can't say I like one over the other. I say I like the whole vibe. I like the I whole vibe that High Life throws off. Definitely a state of mind. <laughs> That's right. You know, a mindset of abundance. So you That's hit right. it right on. But you gotta give us one. You gotta give us one. Hustle. I know. Let's go. Ooh, we said yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 Because it's 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 is 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 regardless of talent, regardless of up just regardless of whatever. I just feel if you hustle, you got a chance, right? Outside of just knowing that you're living in God's grace, you know, and I tell my team all the time, now, I don't care what's going on within the market, market cycle, whatever. Two things. God's grace is, is sufficient and we're going to hustle. And the rest of the stuff is going to fall in place. And there you have it. <laughs> so with that being said, Mr. High Life, if you want to. Oh, I just want to ask you, um, how can anybody get in contact with you if, if they want to, uh, get more information how can they yeah. find you on social media or how what's the best way for someone yeah to all over social media willie smith don't don't do will smith because some crazy stuff may pop up but uh just do willie smith uh jacksonville florida and i'll pop up and if you need to reach out um phone number to the office 904-337-3678 904-337-3678 reach out it's all good 
you know, just use me as a resource. If you're in a different state, if you were just wherever you're listening to this, if you want, you know, some just a resource that can, you know, potentially help you and your family, you know, just reach out. I'll be glad, you know, to be able to, you know, just help you in any way that I possibly can. And, and what I know you were saying you're, you're here in Florida, but what other states are you licensed in? Uh, so I'm licensed in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Virginia. And then my company is licensed in another uh, 38 states, I believe it is, 38, 39 states. So we can help the majority of, you know, the U.S. I mean, no excuses, y'all. That's what I mean. <laughs> no Let's excuses. Go. <laughs> Man, Mr. Hey, it's well. I knew that you were going to bring that, that heat today. You know, we we have we we talk to you every day uh, while we're at the gym, and you always dropping some nuggets. And we truly, truly appreciate you uh, coming here and blessing our our fans and our our listeners and everybody that's a part of the Come Join the Highlight podcast. We truly, truly appreciate you. Hey, I was happy. I'm happy to be here. Hey, y'all got to invite me back now. Don't don't. Hey, don't oh, don't yeah. don't do me like this now. Just oh, give me what? one time. You know, Guess I'm what? ready. <laughs> you said we could do a whole episode about the VA. Guess yeah. what? Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Ready yeah. To go. Let's, let's so, go. Let's go. So y'all make sure y'all stay tuned in because he will be back. That's right. He'll be dropping some more nuggets, some stuff that you probably, you thought you didn't have a chance. But if you put, if you, you deal with Mr. Willie, you got a chance. You got a chance. So um, this has been another amazing, amazing episode of the Come Join the Highlight Podcast. I am Mr. Highlight Films. And I am Tramika Hawkins. And I want you guys to please do me one favor. Please don't forget to put some respect on your mind. Hey, we'll see you next time.